You're listening to The Dice Men Cometh, broadcast live to air on Edge Radio 99.3 FM and proudly sponsored by LFG Australia. The Dice Men Cometh! This is The Dice Men! Get it? Because 300. Oh, oh yeah. yeah! I literally just thought that as I sat down. Wow, it feels like you did too. It was well worth it. Oh, <laughs> well, thank you. Everyone's thanking you for that uh, ears cleaning you just That's gave right. Leon. I'm the editor. I will sort it. You are right. It is the long-awaited 300th episode of The Dice Men Cometh here on Thursday the 19th of March in the Edge Radio Studios 99.3 FM and live over the interwebs via the podcast... Absolutely, and to celebrate 300, we thought we would, in fact, have all three of us in. Woo-hoo. Yeah, which, which, which wh- hasn't wh- really happened in 2022 much, yeah? No, which is why, you know, while the studio is still open and while, you know, we do this at a university, while the university is still open, so for the time being, isn't this a great thing for this week at the moment? Absolutely, so who knows what tomorrow or next week yeah. or the next 300 episodes will be, but the Dice Men are here to celebrate, so... Yes. Happy birthday to us. Yes. Thank you to listeners from episode one through to episode 299 for joining us on this remarkable journey. Oh, you're welcome. And for tonight, <laughs> mm-hmm. we also will obviously want to celebrate with LFG, our lovely sponsor, who uh, yes. has been kind enough to put their name I guess in partnership with with Australia's most successful and most professional and most informative and most good-looking board gaming podcast. And us as as well. Oh, and us as well. Yep. But tonight we're going to do, yes, a top ten list, Uh but we're not doing the top ten of the year. We're not doing the top ten of the decade. And we're certainly not doing the top ten of all time because they're all... Passe. Yeah, we're going to be doing something completely original kind of-ish whatnot. So, I am Leon, that is of course Garth, and that is Mark, who mm-hmm. is the elder statesman who's been here since episode one. Yes, That is exactly. episode one. And he is the most at risk of dying yes. soon. Yes. So we are keeping at least one and a half metres away from him and we are definitely D- not licking the microphone. To be fair, that was true before all this happened anyway. Well, I, it was. He survived the Spanish flu. That's true. That's, that's just how wide the desk is here in the radio studio. You're not really doing anything special at all. No. But you know who has done something special for us? Do you know? No. Who? Let's find out. Hello, hello. Ignacio Cevicek, Portal Games, and you're listening to The Dice Man Comment. Congratulations on 300 episodes. Have a great time. Wow. Uh, There you go. He's been learning English as a second and third language by the sound of it, and Australian as a fourth. Yeah. And not only that... Hang on. Congratulations to the Dice Men comment on their 300 episode. From Renes Horia, board gaming enthusiast, Glock founder, LFG boy, and friend of the Dice Men. There you go. That was, first of all, Ignace Trezeshek, and I'm sure he wishes us well. Yeah. He didn't have time in his busy schedule to send us a new sting, so I just recycled the old one. Well, no, I don't, I don't think anyone could. No, no one noticed. Oh, okay. Smooth as. And, of course, Renee, our great friend that we met through gaming at BorderCon. Garth, you and I stayed at his house when we went to CanCon. I consider Renee to be board gaming family, not a board gaming uh, Sorry, friend. not CanCon. Uh, LFGS and Unplugged. Correct, yes. So thank you very much for those lovely stings from the remarkable Ignazi and also the remarkable 
uh, Rene. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, the the GLOG, the gaming group that he uh, runs in Canberra, has had to postpone their gatherings for a little while, as yes. have a lot of other people. Oh, yeah. So our uh, our good vibes are going towards the nation's capital. And everyone playing board games around the world at the moment, because we haven't actually mentioned it yet, if anybody hasn't known for 300 episodes, that we do talk about your board games, your card games, your role-playing games, anything you can do on a table from the safety of your own home, people. Very important. Uh, and keeping a respectful distance yes. away from people when the time is right. So, Mark, your solo game career <laughs> is going to be so popular. It's going to go through the roof. I look forward to watching it with interest. Okay, well, look, let us take a short break. We've got so much to talk about tonight with our top ten of the last seven years. Which we've only just mentioned now. That's what we're doing, by I the way. Think, <laughs> I think it's going to be a bit controversial. Let's see. Mm. I think we'll have a chat about how we made the list and a few other things. But in the meantime, uh, we'll take a short break. You are listening to the Dice Man Cometh on Edge Radio, 99.3 FM. Hey, everyone. It's your angry neighbourhood, Scott, here. Are you sick of your friendly neighbourhood, Leon, popping up halfway through the podcast every time and asking you to jump onto Patreon? Well, you know how you can get rid of him. How about you actually contribute to Patreon? Personally, I like to feed a dice man once a year at LFG, and this year I'm planning on feeding all three. But quite frankly, if you don't appreciate the work that the dice men are doing, why are you on this podcast at all? Why don't you chuck them a few dollars? It's as easy as giving a dollar a month. You won't even know it missing, and of course you'll be supporting great broadcasting and Australian board gaming. Bye for now. Hello, Dicemen. This is game designer Phil Walker-Harding here, wishing you a very happy 300th episode of your great podcast. Congratulations. Thanks for all the great work you put in and for being such a fun part of the Australian gaming scene. Hello, the Dicemen cometh, Mark, Garth, and Leon, my best friends from Australia. Well, maybe not. I guess really Martin Wallace has got to be my best friend in Australia since I actually like like know him and he's a famous designer and we're friends and I I never met you guys but 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 you're like my second best friend. But I kind of like you Jackman a lot. I'm kind of wishing like you know I could be his boyfriend or something because God is he talented. Anyway, no, but you're like my third, fourth, and fifth best friends in Australia. Congratulations on. Your 300th episode. This, by the way, is Stephen Bonacore of Stronghold Games. I probably should, like, you know, do a little self-promotion there. Uh, we're the publishers of Terraforming Mars. You might have heard of that. Anyway, congratulations. Your 300th episode. Huge achievement. Of course, Board Games Insider, my podcast with Ignacy Chevichek of Portal Games, is now at 130 episodes, and we have not been running as long as you. So we're doing pretty good, too. But anyway, enough about me. You guys rock. Keep up the great work down under. We need to balance the earth. Keep great podcasting and great gaming going on in the Southern Hemisphere. Love you guys. Thanks for everything you do. Take care. Well, there you go. That was uh, Stephen Bonacore, in case you didn't notice. Mm -hmm. uh, wonderful board game publisher and clearly friend of Martin Wallace. And look, I guess you know, Martin Wallace is Australian, but not as Australian as us. No. So we... Will Possibly have to claim to be still one of his favourite people. Yeah. Absolutely. And Phil Walker-Harding there, of course. Of course, with another seamless and professional thing there for us. And before that, obviously, there was the song 
which might be edited out by Leon, but it was appropriately called Mountains of Madness. Yeah. By Unleash... No, other way around. Unleash the Beast by... the Beast. Mountains of Madness. Yes. Uh, who are a act. So, look, it's a Dice Men coming. This episode 300. We're still and hopefully continually sponsored by LFG, even after this lack of professionalism. And we have to get on to our top tens since we started this show. Hang on. Did you say Unleash the Beast? Hello, everyone. This is Steve O'Rourke calling in from the USA to say congratulations to the Dice Men Comathon reaching the milestone of 300 episodes. Well done, gentlemen. It's been a pleasure listening to you for your informative and entertaining take on games, but it's been even better getting to know you all through chatting and playing together online. I still owe Garth big time for teaching me Targi. What a great game that is. Beer and pretzels are on me the next time any of you are in New York. Keep up the excellent work. All the best. Well, there you go. That was Steve O'Rourke from currently quarantined New York. I believe he is in self-isolation. So, Steve and all your family, I hope everyone is doing well and playing all the things. And he wasn't lying either. When I was in New York last year, he did indeed buy me a giant pretzel. Awesome. Yeah. All right, guys, we've got to stop this chit-chat and get yeah, down yeah, to yeah. why we get paid the no bucks. Yes. So we're going to start with Leon because, Leon, you haven't been on the show as long, so I get to pull some rank. <laughs> yes, I've only been here about five years out of the seven, <laughs> so that makes sense, me being the junior intern around here. Just before we start on the actual numbers, though, John. Yeah. how difficult was this? Oh, man, and yeah, women, it wasn't good. It, it was Garth, uh, you know, you and I talked about it in the car. We use the ranking engine, which sort of drives the process a bit and really helps you. But when it says, hey, you've got two games to pick one, pick which one's better, Through the Ages or Red 7? It's like, uh, well, I love them both. And I guess it just shows how a list like this is really strange. I, I guess these people who do them every year maybe get a lot of practice. And for me, I was like, well... If I had two people, I'd rather play that. But if I had five people, I'd rather play that. But if I want something light, I'd rather play that. And I think it illustrates beautifully that when people, you know, as they do, say, oh, well, you do a board game podcast, well, what's that? What's your favourite game? Yeah. You impossible. can't answer that question really because it depends on the social setting. It depends on how many people you're with. It depends on what mood you're in. Yep. It depends on how long you, since you played that game or other games. There's so many factors. So I think whilst... We have a list here from 10 to 1. I don't know about you, but some, particularly some of the top ones, there's a little bit of fluidity there, oh, I, I think. I agree, and I think, you know, for the three of us, ask us on a different day, we might get different mm -hmm. responses. Mark mm -hmm. and I, we certainly took a bit more of a scientific approach. Yeah. I think we both <laughs> went on to BGG, typed in games published from 2013 to 2020, and there was 50 pages. Yeah. So I chose to go back as far as games ranked in the top 2,000. That in itself took a while and I am 100% sure there are games that I truly love that aren't in that top 2,000 and I'll go, oh, why didn't I think of that game? But we're not professional. No. Whereas, Leon, did you go with your heart? I went with it because I'm a bit more old school than you two, you see. Um, I went with a bit more of a tactile way of doing it because I just went down into my garage mm -hmm. and looked at all my game collections because luckily, I'm lucky enough to not have children like you two guys do. So my board games are my children, and you And you obviously always sort of store your board games in the year that they were published, which would have made it easy. No, not at all, but I do have somewhat of a memory. So I just <laughs> looked at all my board games and went, well, if it's in my top ten, I have to own it, surely. So I just kind of looked at everything and went, what are the things from the last roughly seven years? And then went, oh, 
that is actually in the last seven years. I thought it was older or I thought it was a bit newer, you know, and then figured it out from there. So that's how I figured out my list, although it was not easy. No. So, look, we better get into it because yes. there will no doubt be discussion about this. There might be some cross-pollination, of course, mm. but the three of us have done this with complete and utter independence. Yes. And I expect some interesting and also some maybe not so surprising results because I know you guys. Now, a bit of admin that we should have done off air. Uh, are we going to do the old school, if I say a game but it's higher on your two lists, we'll leave it until... That's yes, the, I think we should okay, because okay. we're not going to have enough time. Exactly. So I shall start with my number 10, mm -hmm. which is a designed by a man that we are going to hear from later in the show, and that is Shem Phil Phillips and Raiders of the North Sea. Ooh, that is a good choice. Yeah. yeah. So Raiders of the North Sea, great game. Love the Viking theme. Worker placement game. He pretty much is the worker placement guy these days. That's his thing, and he's uh, evolved that kind of genre. And... Uh, just the, the working, the way that those two blend in together and in that game and the expansions actually add stuff that's worth adding, which a lot of expansions sadly don't. Yep. And the art in it is amazing. It's kind of got the complete package. There is a game we played recently, uh, Reavers of Midgard, which we mm. might not ever do a complete what we've been playing off because we made it halfway through that game before I then decided to sell it. <laughs> because it just... And again, it was a Viking game that you could argue was kind of a worker placement you set collection -y, you know, kind of game, and it just didn't really work at all. Correct. Yep. Whereas this game does, and it launched a designer's career, and it launched an entire series of games. So for that, it is my number 10. Whose career? Uh, Mr. Shem Phillips. Right. Hi, this is Shem Phillips from Garfield Games in New Zealand, designer and publisher of games such as Raiders of the North Sea and Paladins of the West Kingdom. Just want to say a big hello to all our fans out there. Thank you for all of your support over the years. We appreciate you so much. And also, thank you for tuning in and listening to the Dice Men Cometh podcast. There you go, your best mate, Sham. Yeah. Uh, and he, I'm sure he would have remembered to say, and congratulations on episode 3000. Um, 3000? But he forgot because he... We actually only got that last night, so yes. really appreciate Shem taking the time to yes. send it through. Garth? Yes? Your number 10. All right. Well, my number 10 skirts the criteria by being a 2013 release, Ooh. which I only realised about a second and a half ago. Yeah. FYI, I think about half my list is 2013. Really? Yeah, there yeah. you go. So, look, I am going to talk about the very fewest of train games that I like, <laughs> and I'm going to Russia. Oh. oh, so through the power of this particular ranking system, it turns out that my 10th favourite game of all time is Russian Railroads. Amazing. Believe Lovely. it or not. I am surprised. This is designed by Helmut Orly and Leonard Lonnie Orl Orgler. And the first time I played this game, I hated it because I got spanked because this is a board <laughs> game where on the first round you might get a point. Or end point. And on the last game, uh, last round of the, was it how many turns you get? Like six, three? Not many. No, it's about eight, isn't it? Those you little guess, cards down the bottom. Not could, enough. You could be earning 130, 140 points and get scores over 400. So this game was a massive surprise to me when I got into my top 10 games of all time. But it's there. It's I, I can't wait to hear the rest of your list because I do not have a single game in my top 10 from the year 2013. Ooh, there you go. So there you go. So what is on your top 10, Mark? Well, my number 10 is a game from 2014. <laughs> we all know it and we all love it. It is designed by Jonathan Gilmore and Isaac Vega from Plaid Hat Games. It is Dead of Winter. There we go. That's a pretty good choice, but I reckon... 
you should shut up and let someone else talk because okay. it may get mentioned again. Well, how about then I mention my number nine? Yep, let's go with that. Which is also a game from 2014. I'm. This will definitely not be on your list, Leon Garth. I'm not so sure, but it might just be just outside the top ten. Designed by Ben Chichoski and Daniel Mandel from Upper Deck Entertainment. It is Legendary Encounters, an alien deck-building game. The legendary game with the alien skin from the alien movies where you can replay the alien movies in a deck builder. It is definitely not on my list, so talk away, well, You know, I, I love a deck builder. You do. And this one, I don't even... This is one of the games that I don't own. Trent owns this. Uh, have, Who leaves a stone throw from your that's house. That's right, just leaves around the corner. But I think I've played this maybe ten times and I just love it so much. It's so much fun. Firstly, to re recreate the movies, up until a more recent game about aliens on a spaceship, this was the only thing that we had. And I, it's just it's just a lot of fun. You've got to try and cooperate. It's always really difficult. We nearly always get killed. I've just had so much fun with it. And I actually surprised myself when this crept into my top ten at number nine. Lovely work. That's pretty good. Uh, me. Now, you would not be surprised at all that, of course, my list contains just mostly Euro games. Of course. <laughs> of course. Uh, so number nine is a little game by the name of Concordia. Oh, what? Yeah. It's, Hang on. Yeah. It's coronavirus has eaten <laughs> Leon's brain. No, 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 no. And no, someone no. else has wandered into the studio. No, I do I do like a Euro game. I just oh. don't I just don't buy them as much because they're not quite as shiny. Whereas Concordia is a game that I played only last year, I think, for the first time. Yeah. It came out was it 2014, 15, something around that. Mm -hmm. Um and it is a Euro game that is, for my money, up there with Lahav as the king of Euro games. And just the mechanic here, especially that you have to you can purchase different cards through the game and those cards will add to your end of game score and then as well as you, your dudes on the map doing the normal Euro-y type stuff. Mm -hmm. It's just everything about this game works. I've not tried any of the expansions yet but it's one of those things I've looked at it and gone much like say uh, El Grande I've looked at it and gone I don't really care about the expansions because I'm just happy to play this base game yeah. over and over again. Yeah, look, it's a cracker of a game. I just have not played it enough yep. for it to warrant a spot in my top ten. But pretty collectively, it is highly regarded. Yeah, yeah, Very same. Much I think I've only played it once at BorderCon maybe two years ago. Yep. And I was very impressed, but just didn't have room for it in there. Garth. Well, for me, I am continuing a European theme. Ooh. But I'm going cycling this time. Uh, yes. Ah. All right. Now, for me, Flom Rouge 2016 release by Aska Harding Granerer, expertly pronounced, is just a wonderful way to spend an hour of your life pretending to be not one but two cyclists going and competing in a wonderful uh, cycling race. I love the fact that especially when you get the expansions, six of you can play around and it's just got a simple card-driven mechanic combining that with a lovely little road system where there can be wide bits of road and narrow bits of road and with expansions there can be weather effects and there can be all kind of things going on. It is just such an enjoyable experience. It is a game I will keep in my collection 
until I don't have a collection. How much higher do you think it'd be on your list if you'd bought it more than a year ago? I, I honestly don't know. <laughs> and I'm also curious about high, how high it would be on my list when they release sort of the big box yeah. version where it's going to have everything plus it's going to have more of a campaign mode yep. to do a full Tour de France style race. That's the only reason I don't own it yet. It's one of my honourable mentions and I'm waiting for that big box. There you go. So that's my number nine. Yes. From Rouge. All right. Um, I will now go number eight. Mark, you talk about aliens in space, you yes. say. <laughs> have you heard of a game called Nemesis? It's wow. Right. I definitely have. And Excellent. I, I might chat about it a bit later on. Well, that's which is cool. That's weird because it was my, what, number one last year? There we go. And now it's higher on someone else's list. <laughs> As the way that games evolve isn't that grand. So, somebody else's number eight, please. Uh, my number eight? Yep. Um, it was funny. I love this game so much. It was my number one game in... 2017, I think. Yeah, okay. Or 2018, was it? Fog of Love. Yes, of course. And I just played the new expansion, Trouble with the In-Laws, on the weekend. You did. Uh, Mark, it's higher on my list. Oh, there you go. No, of course it's not. <laughs> uh, Two-player game, what are you on about? Sarah and I were actually laughing, like, on the weekend when we played, we are like, can you believe Leon doesn't like this game? Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. we had, even though we broke up, not in real life, but in the game. <laughs> that's, that's news. Um, because of our in-laws, yep. no surprise in this expansion, um, just reminded me how much I loved it, how clever a system it is, and how as long as you remember that it's not you and your partner that are being talked about in this game, it's, uh, you know, a fictional person and another fictional person and you're role-playing as long as you remember that, it is so much fun. It's an absolute quality game. It just it did, sure didn't is. gel with me, sadly. I wish it did. Garth. Yeah, well, again, I've only played the tutorial with my loving partner, yep. so I don't have enough of an opinion. It's very interesting, and I'm not surprised that it appears on your list. Uh, your number eight. Sunday. So my number eight is continuing the European theme, which I'm only just noticing is a theme. Yep. I am staying in France, but also skirting the borders of France and Germany. Okay. Really? And I am quite hairy. That's oh, true. yes, That's yes. True. But yes. I am talking yeah. the grizzled. Yeah. Ah, this, mm, it was number 11. There you go. Yeah, I think for me, I, I, I cut off my list for tonight on 13 because I ran out of the paper. I have a feeling it was about number 15 or number 16. Yeah, if we go by theme, it's probably Nemesis and this at number one, but yeah, yes. Yeah, so look, the grizzled, which is, again, such a simple mechanic for a game yeah. dealing with such a horrendous theme, which is World War One and the trenches therein. I loved this game when I first got it. Mm -hmm. Small box game. Uh, came out in 2015, designed by Fabian Riffo and Juan Rodriguez. It then came out with an At Your Orders expansion, which added missions and an ongoing storyline to it, and then it released the Armistice Edition. I have all three versions of this. Uh, a couple of us, I think Mark and myself and Bo yes. and Trent maybe have played one or two of the missions in the Armistice yes. version. We are early days into what is a 10-game campaign. I love this game. Mm -hmm. I will always pack this game when I'm going somewhere that may need a little game that packs a lot of punch. So the Grizzled 2015 is my number eight. Yeah, on a different day, this could have been high up in my top ten. Just when I was looking at it the other day, I just went, I love it, but it's 11 for the moment. As we said, it's so difficult when you compare... Yep. A little game yep. and a massive long Euro game or something. How, how do you compare them? Um, shall we take a, uh, a short break and come back with some more witty banter? This is a wee shout out from one of your fans in Scotland. 
Love the games and the interviews with the designers, but most of all, I love the Dice Men banner. It's pure dead brilliant. Keep up the phenomenal work, lads. I'll be listening. Just to add a bit more international flavour to our listeners, there's James Brennan, all the way from Scotland, sent us a fantastic message. Hello, James. Yes, hello, James. And also, thanks to LFG. Of course, thank you, LFG, for your wonderful support. We'll be back shortly. Hello everybody, it's your friendly neighbourhood Leon here. Just a quick break in the action to remind everybody how you can interact with the Dice Men. Of course, we are on all those social medias. So things like your Instagrams, your Facebook, your Twitters. We're on all of them at Dice Men Cometh. You can also email us at thedicemencometh at gmail.com. That's a great way to get in touch with us for things like asking any type of questions, but also sponsorship. We've been doing that for several years now with various different promotions and ads, and you can be involved in that too if you like. Also, if you wish to help the Dice Man Cometh, you can get onto iTunes and chuck us one of those cheeky five-star reviews. It helps people from around the world get to listen, and we've met some great international listeners because of that. So the more you can do that, the merrier. And if you would like, we also have our Patreon. You can go over there and chuck us a few bucks, completely up to you. Even if you threw us a dollar a month, you would not notice out of your bank account, but we certainly would. If everybody listening to my voice did that, we would be happy as Larry. And we use that money to good effect. We use it to get to various different conventions all around Australia. It ain't easy getting around this big old country that we have, but we manage and we do it because we want to meet you and play as many games as possible. Or... You could jump over to redbubble.com, chuck in the Dice Men Cometh, and have any of our merch with our logo on it. We've got t-shirts, we've got hoodies, there are mugs, there are heaps of cool stuff over there. I've got quite a bit of it, and it all looks grand. So, with all that being said, thank you very much for listening and supporting us over the years. We absolutely love doing this show, and hopefully we'll be doing it for a long time to come, and your support is one of the main drivers of that. So feel free to get in touch about anything to do with board gaming or anything whatsoever. But enough of my chit-chat. Back to the action. It is Australia's least listened to podcast, Geekroft Gamers, wishing... Australia's most listened to podcast, The Diceman Cometh, all the best for their 300th episode. What do you think about that, Ron? Can't wait for our other 293 episodes to catch up, but then we'll still be behind, won't we? Yes, congratulations to The Diceman Cometh in the Apple Hall for their 300th episode and spreading the great word of board gaming. Congratulations, guys. I'd just like to know how you do it. This is Ian O'Toole, and I'm here to wish you guys all the best for your 300th episode. It seems like only yesterday that I was congratulating you on episode 200, so keep up the great work and I'll hopefully catch up with you all at a con between now and number 400. Cheers. Well, what a handsome group that was. And speaking of which, the song that we just had a second ago was the group Handsome with the song No Cowards on Edge Radio 99.3 FM with the Dicemen Cometh on episode 300, proudly brought to you by our great friends at LFG Australia. Get on that website, get those games in your house and get them played. Absolutely. And look, thanks again to the Geekroft guys. They were very quick out of the starting box to send us a piece of audio. Really appreciate that. I have listened to their first seven episodes. Good on you. But they wanted to know how we do it, so how, how are we so much better than them, Mark? Well, <laughs> having listened to the first seven episodes, we don't have much to worry about, fellas. <laughs> are you talking to them or are you talking to us? <laughs> Both. <laughs> and, and, of course, Ian O'Toole there. Yes. Big, you know, I, he had quite a few of his games 
the games he's designed, uh, he done the graphics for and the art for hovering around the 10 mark. Be interesting to see where we end up. Yeah, yes. Definitely. So now, all right, so we are doing? now number in seven. number seven territory. Mark, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, okay. Well, again, I think Leon won't have this. Garth, you may. Yep. Philip DeBarry and Game Salute, Black Orchestra. Close. From my number 11. Oh, there you go. From 2016. This, for me, became a pandemic killer and so many other co-op games. Now, if I've got uh, co-op games, whether they're gamers or non-gamers, this is the game I reach for because I'll assassinate Hitler any day of the week. <laughs> I enjoy it so much. It's easy to teach. It's easy to play. The rules don't get in the way, but it tells such a fascinating story, you know, particularly if you like your history. Well, or lived it, Mark. So, yeah, I'm not surprised that it's on your list. It, as I say, was number 11 on mine. So, oh, it was very close. It's and a, a cracker of a game. And a bit of an Australian touch there with uh, Dan May involved in the finalisation of the game and art, art design direction. and that sort of stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I'll go next because I'm pretty sure it'll be the uh, only person, I won't be the only one to have this on my list. So I'm also invoking some Dice Man rights because I am choosing Container 10th Anniversary Edition. Oh, uh, I you did there. For 2018 <laughs> release. <laughs> you cheating mc But what I could arguably do is I could basically call this number seven position. So my screw everyone at the table position <laughs> because I kind of feel like I could put Container or the estates, yep. or several other games all fitting a very similar bill into that position purely because I love the fact that this, this in this particular case, container, is just an almost pure closed economy game. Mm -hmm. I am making goods that I can't ultimately get benefit from, so someone has to bring their ship, buy the containers from me to take it to somewhere else, and they still might not be able to get benefit out of it. It needs to go around and round and round. It is masterful. And it looks so beautiful on the table. I will play it all day, every day. So Container 10th Anniversary Edition, released in 2018 and designed by Franz Benoit DeLong and Thomas Ewart and Kevin Nesbitt is my number seven. Well, it'd want to look good for that price. That's all I'm oh, saying. Oh, it does. <laughs> anyway, uh, the game I have at number seven is a game that it didn't start necessarily a genre, but it definitely popularised it in my head for the very least, and that is Cool Mini or Not, Eric Lang and Blood Rage. Ah. It is the quintessential to me still dudes on a map game, yep. Yep. which is kind of... You know, you could say it's a war game, you could say it's lots of different things, you could say it's area control, but with really nice-looking minis. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, the reason why this game is still so highly regarded, I still think it's in, like, the top 20 on BGG. If not, it's not far off it. It's because of its mixture of actually decent mechanics. Eric Lang does know what he's doing. Yes. So you've got things, you've got your car drafting, you've got your area control and various other things, and it's a joy to play still to this day, and having those minis out there that do look amazing, and, again, a second Viking game on my list, which I didn't think I was that big into Vikings. Evidently, I am. <laughs> uh, so that is Blood Rage at number seven. Okay. That's pretty cool. I'm trying to find... I know I had it on my list, Yep, I didn't. but I think it didn't make my top 50. Oh, there you go. Yeah. We've only played it... Have you only played it the once? That I time at That I time have. at the pub? Yep. Yeah. yeah we, should, <laughs> we should definitely play that again. It is really good. So, Leon, you're on a roll. Mm. Give us your number six. Give us your number six. I certainly will. It is a game that was on 
the top ten of both you two a few years ago, Ooh. and then it was on mine last year because I only just played it last year, and that is Quacks of Quedlingburg. Ooh, yep. Yeah, okay, I know it's there. No, it's 23. 23. Yeah. I, I have a feeling it was in that 20 to 30 bracket perhaps. Yep. So a game that don't really need much of explain, explaining at the moment because it's as popular in our hobby is nearly any other game yep. bag building game it is what i fall into the category i've mentioned for years games like takaido it is the sunday afternoon relaxing couldn't care less if i win this game or not it's just an enjoyable thing to play and you can teach it to nearly anybody and just the feeling around that bag the tactility of it it's just really really yeah. good i agree all right so this is where i'm going to be unsure <laughs> with you and me mark yeah because I am staying in Europe again, which seems to be a theme that I didn't realise I had. Mm. I'm talking Brass. Now, Brass Birmingham is a game that I've only played a couple of times, but it just stuck with me and continues to stick with me because of the simple mechanics, but layer upon layer on, uh, of, of complexity and just brain burniness, which I really enjoyed. So... Because I'm talking Brass Birmingham, it was a 2018 release. Martin Wallace game, but Gavin Brown and Matt Tolman are also featured on this. I erroneously said in a previous episode that the art was by Eno Tool. It most certainly is not. This game is wonderful. The Kickstarter version is glorious, including those big chips that you sort of play around with as as the currency is just remarkable. I will sit down and happily play this when I've got a spare three or four hours and I hope to have that time soon (laughs) while still keeping my job. Mm. Yes, and look, for me, because I I own this game... You do. And I'm looking here on my 2019 list, it was number six. The problem is I haven't got it back to the table since that time we played it at BorderCon where Rachel, Rachel taught it to us. And the number of times I've said, hey, Epic Game Day coming up, let's play Brass. And the problem is we get the new Vital game or some other thing comes along and we just... Or someone is afraid to teach it. Yes. Potentially. Like, I don't know, just spitballing here. (laughs) Don't be spitballing in this class. Oh, sorry. Okay, behind my mask. No spitting or balling, you know. (laughs) Um, Yeah, look, I think if if I'd got it to the table more, it might have been higher. I think it was probably inside the top 20 for me. Good. What was at number six for me, and I'll be curious to see where this is for you, Garth, if it appears, is... I can just leave if you don't want me, sorry. <laughs> ...is um, the first big game by Awaken Realms, designed by Michael Orach and Jacob Wisniewski. Uh, it is This War of Mine. It certainly does feature a little bit higher than mine. There you go. Yes. While I'm here, I might as well talk about the next game, I which... I think so. ...definitely won't feature on Leon's list. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going straight to number five, yeah? I ha- oh, Yes. Hang on. Yes, that's what we're up to. Isn't yes, it? number yeah. five. Number five, Gloomhaven. Well, believe it or not, it is also my number five. Oh, wow, look at that. And yeah. believe it or not, didn't even think twice. <laughs> of course, Isaac Childress, Cephalophare Games. And I tell you what, I am very excited that someone I saw on Instagram just received their promo copy of a little game called Frosthaven. Hi, this is Ella from Ella Loves Board Games and VR Distribution. So congratulations, Diceman. Your episode count has finally caught up with your combined ages. Fantastic. Oh, come on. (laughs) But seriously, congrats on the 300 episodes. An amazing achievement. Thank you for growing and supporting the board game community. We all appreciate it. 
And that was, uh, of course, Ella from Ella Loves Board Games. And she's just come back from Gamma, mm. uh, the game association trade fair in America, and bought with her a promo copy, or I think it arrived just after she did, a, a promo copy, a preview copy of Frosthaven, the new game. I can't wait to hear more about it. We've just started playing this one again, Garth, with a new little group. Yeah, we hope they stick around for the, for the ride mm. because... Oh, it's starting to get interesting, isn't it? Yeah. So, look, the the challenge that I think a lot of newer Gloomhaven players have is that it does start, start out a bit samesy. Yeah. You just do a mission, and the mission is kill all the things. And the first couple of games are also tough because you're learning this very, very important card-driven mechanic where you might want to use a special ability on the card, but then your card's gone for the whole scenario... And your cards are your health and your hit points mm. a lot of the time, and it's just not going to work. So you look, you don't get many completely co-op games of this nature that are like a scenario where you haven't got secret traders or people who just want to do their own thing. In order to survive a lot of the time in this scenario, each scenario, you have to work together and put the mission before any of your little quests. Yeah. Jeez, it's a big game and it takes to set up a long, long, long time. Yeah. So get yourself one of those ready-made inserts. But when you delve into this game, you can lose yourself mm. for hundreds of hours. And there are not many games that we as dice men could commit to. Yep. Like that. Absolutely. So Mark and I, I know, are crossing our fingers and toes that we will continue uh, some semi-regular games of this because we're ideally hoping to play it every week or two and just churn through these scenarios. Garth, while you were away last week doing your thing, of course, our other friends, Trent and Bo, who are playing this with us, it was Bo's first game and we lost. Wow. First one we had lost for a long time, if ever. And I thought, oh, no, it's going to mean he doesn't like it and he want to keep playing. And he's like, wow, that was so interesting. I really want to explore what I can do with these cards because I know in there there's some crazy stuff and there's some amazing stuff. When are we going to go again? You know, and Perfect. we had the same reaction with Trent where we won, but he sort of struggled with his, uh, with his deck, with his character. But it was, I'm going to go away and I want to read a bit about this character. I want to learn about these cards and I'll come back and... and they both really, really enjoyed it and can't wait for the next one. Bring it on. All right. So that was my number five. It was also my number five. So, Leon. Yes. So what's your number five? While you lot were enjoying <laughs> the, apparently the greatest game of all time. You no, struggled, the fifth greatest game of all time. Struggling with your decks and whatnot. The game that I have on here is a game that I've played many times, maybe the, close to the most on my list. It is a game, Mark mentioned earlier, Dead of Winter. Ah, uh, yes. And it's a game, I must admit I haven't played it in a while, but... It's such a shame that there's only been one Crossroads game come out since this, and apparently it is rubbish, <laughs> so I've been told, <laughs> although there is a new one on the horizon, but that's beside the point. This game, growing up as a you know heavy metal horror kid, this game being pretty much still the ultimate zombie game where someone could betray you at the drop of a hat, you don't know what's around the corner, things can happen, everyone's got their own little kind of goals, but you need to come together to do lots of things. It's got theme coming at the wazoo and with their first expansion that adds heaps of extra cool modules that you can add if you like or not to extend the game even further. This is one of those games that when this game first came out, I think I played it every weekend for about two months straight. Yep. And I don't, know if wow. I don't even know if there's any other game that has done that since, even with legacy games. So it was very big back then. It's kind of dropping off a bit in favour 
because of a lot of other things new come out, but I still think this would be worth going back to for a lot of people. For me, you know, this is sort of like Walking Dead, the board game, way more than any of the Walking Dead, however many of them are games. Exactly. You know, it captured that feeling of, yeah, the zombies are a problem, but the humans are a problem as well. We sort of got to work together because we're all we got. But I know some of you are. Yeah, aren't. but I can't trust you as far as <laughs> I can throw right. you. Uh, lessons could be learnt for the world right now, I think, by playing that mm -hmm. game and learning that little lesson. Yes, if there is got to be some ready-made toilet paper scenarios going on in Dead of Winter, I think right about now. This is yep. an amazing game and certainly would be the top of the zombie pile. Oh, yes. For me, it would be above uh, City of Horror, which is one of my favourite zombie games but only eclipsed by this. I'm just looking, Dead of Winter was 31 on my list, um, and I'm really don't surprised that it is featured quite highly. Yeah, and look, I'm quite excited to see, uh, and people, I don't know if we mentioned it previously, but how Plaid Hat has basically been chewed up and spat out by, you know, uh, Asmodee, and now it's back to being an independent studio. Bought by, back by the original people that were there in the first place that have kind of gone right... We want to do this our way again. It was a bad idea probably to do that. <laughs> yeah, now I think part of the bad side is Asmodee have kept some of the other titles, including things like Stuff Fables, and they've actually kept, I think, the rights to the adventure book game or whatever it so. is. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see where they go, but, if Leon, you're saying there's another Crossroads game I coming? I believe I read that somewhere recently. Okay. I can't remember exactly what it was about, but I believe so. Now, before we go quick to another quick break, mm. we've got to get in these number fours before the almighty top threes come Indeed. out. Garth, you boy, how about you? All right, so for me, we're going to 2014. And, in fact, someone who's already given us a professional shout-out, possibly the first one... <gasps> I'm talking Imperial Settlers yes. ah. from 2014 by good friend of the show and professional podcaster himself, uh, Ignacy Trevacek. So this game, I love. I remember first actually playing uh, 51st State when I was first introduced to the mechanics that were then um, sort of the mass massive and only core mechanic in Imperial Settlers. I then loved it. I then bought almost everything and continue to buy almost everything that Imperial Settlers have. I have now bought the new version that is not the new version, that's slightly different one, Empires <laughs> of the North. Yes. But for me, at this very moment, on this very list, on this very day, Imperial Settlers by Ignace is my number four game and I just love it. There you go. Uh, look, uh, I have a feeling it was around about the 20 mark for me. I have really enjoyed it. I don't think we haven't talked about... Um, Empires of the Empires North. Of the we North haven't. Happy. We've played it once, but we're waiting to get it back to the table. Again. I think we're more waiting for all three of us to be here yeah. at the same time, which happens so rarely. <laughs> uh, Mark, how about you? Number four, sir. Number four is a little game that was actually number one on my 2019 list. That is Detective, a modern crime board game, also by Ignacy Trezicek. Well, there you go. And Portal Game. You two should be friends. And um, <laughs> Well, I'm just going to break the news, Mark. It's not on my list. I, I didn't think so, and I didn't think it'd be on yours either, Leon. But nah. for me, I have I've loved this game. I'm still excited about getting the expansion. I, I probably love it just slightly less than I did when it was number one of 2019 because I've got to know a couple of other games a little bit better. But I'm still really excited about the expansion and what they can do with this game. Yeah, look, it's a great choice for you. It is clearly something that you and Sarah, your partner, have had a lot of fun with. Mm. Uh, so I'm not surprised again. But look, we better throw... 
To Leon. To Leon. <laughs> so he can do his fourth. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just keeping an eye on the time. Yes. These top anyway, threes are burning a hole so, in my pocket. Uh, my number four is a game that, coincidentally, you can only play up to four players with the base game, even though it's got five in the title, and that's Five Tribes, hey, which yes. I didn't contemplate at all. It came out in 2013. There we go. It was on my list at some point in somewhere, but I can't see it at the moment. <laughs> Five Tribes is a great game, and when it comes to, say, like family games, even though it's you want you know a kid in probably the teens to be able to play it, um, I think it's absolutely up there and is a game that I love still to this day. And, but, uh, and Alien has 100% taken over Leon's body. It was number 47 for me. It, anyway. it, it's in my top 100 somewhere. We, we better throw to someone talking about something before we have an ad break, eh, Mark? That's right. Hey there, Dice Men Cometh. Congratulations on your 300th show. Thing is, you're making me feel old here. I remember your 100th show. I remember your 200th show. And now it's your 300th show. How are you making all these shows? Am I a million years old now? Are you a million years old? That's just too many shows. But can't wait for 400 and 500. Keep it coming. And congratulations from Steve D and Tin Star Games. Hey, this is Jamie from Stillmeyer Games, and I just wanted to wish the Dice Men Cometh podcast a happy 300th episode. That is incredible. I know how hard it is to create content that consistently um, and that long, and I think it's incredible that the Dice Men Cometh has, has gotten up to 300 episodes. So congratulations to Mark, Garth, and Leon, and uh, yeah, I hope you enjoy your 300th episode and your next 300 episodes as well. Thanks. Hello, I'm Colby Dowk, studio manager at Plaid Hat Games, and you're listening to The Dice Men Cometh. Hi, this is Matthew Dunstan. I'm an Australian game designer, a designer of games like Monumental, Elysium, and, and Relic Runners. And I just wanted to say a huge congratulations to The Dice Men Cometh on their anniversary, their 300 shows. Um, well done to Mark, Garth, and Leon. Uh, it's an amazing milestone, and I've had the pleasure of, of chatting all things games and uh, other esoteric topics like Eurovision on the podcast before and uh, here's the next 300 shows and and hopefully i'll be back to chat with you guys some more um friend of the show richard year. from melbourne here just wanting to congratulate mark garth and leon on their 300th episode it's been a long journey during which we have heard massive progress in professionalism journalistic skill contact with the professional gaming community and knowledge about the hobby in general now we are just waiting for you to learn how to push all the buttons correctly well <laughs> done guys keep up the fantastic work oh, Thank you so much, Richard. I was about to say they're all lies, but no, he was correct. Absolutely. <laughs> As Mark said, Garth, you come out of this and then proceeded to start coming out of the break. So, look, yeah. that was, first of all, Matthew Dunstan, Australian board game designer, who no doubt will be shedding several tears upon the announcement mm. that Eurovision is cancelled. Uh, uh, and then also, again, not friend of the show, but family member of the show, yes. Richard. Thank you so much. Richard is arguably fan number one. Yep. He was the first one who had the courage to talk to Mark and Trent yeah. in person and put up with them in person and I believe played nothing personal with you. Is that right, Mark? Yes. So, look, thank you so much, Richard. Your friendship is really, really important to us, so thank you for putting in the effort to, to send us that yeah. little sting. And hey. Mark promises to learn to push buttons by episode 600. <laughs> and the, right. pa the passion that man has for the hobby is one of the reasons why we're still sitting here 300 episodes later. Absolutely. So, look, with 10 minutes left to go... Yes. Uh, we don't have much time to round out anything else apart from our top three Hang on. games. Passion for, the po passion for the hobby, you say? From the Soria family. Congratulations to the Dice Men Cometh on reaching their 300th episode of their podcast. Yay! 
There you go. Another rock star board gaming family, Renee, Martha and Anna. Thank you so much for your amazing contribution to board gaming, your amazing time that you have for the Dice Men, mm. and particularly to Renee, the weird and wacky games that you were able to find that mm -hmm. no one else knows anything about. Yes, we my, love you all. My luchador tag team partner till the end. <laughs> right, so all right, three, top, three, 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 one. top three games of the Dice Men. Mark, you started this okay. podcast. Why don't you go? Um, I think there might be a little bit of crossover here, Garth. Yeah, here we go. Do you remember the names Bartosz Pluta and Artur Salwarovsky? I do, yes. And uh, they made a little game about going under the water. I, I do. You boat the board game. Yes, I do, and it features... Slightly higher on there my you list. Go. Leon. Oh, you guys. Just, <laughs> such, we would such, hug it out, but, you know. Yeah, we're the, we're the tag teamers. Anyway. Well, okay. Uh, <laughs> anyway, a game uh, that I've played many, many times. I've bought every expansion for, even though the last expansion was rubbish and probably killed the expansions for this game. Uh, but it takes up an entire block on my Kallax shelf, and that is Eldritch Horror. Ah. Yep, a game that I've played many, many times. It is a great co-op game. Is it got some flaws? Definitely. But it's a game that I've played with from up to one other person to seven other people mm -hmm. in various different ways because of the different ways that you can play this game and the, you'll never play the same game twice with all the different monsters and creatures and the way you can go about doing stuff. It's a game that I always recommend to people that, yes, it might be a bit long, but once you know what you're doing and play it quite a bit, it is very much rewarding. I had a dilemma between that and Mansions of Madness, which was going to end up higher on my list. Mansions of Madness was on my honourable mentions and it would probably, again, probably be like number 12. Well, Mansions of Madness ended up as my number 12, and ah. I think Eldritch might have been 17 or 18. Yep, cool, 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 cool. All, All right. right, so my number yeah. three, yes, because I don't believe it has been mentioned yet, is one of the games that I either placed really highly or wanted to place really highly <laughs> on, on 2018, and we're talking about the great Australian word, root. Ah, really? So Root, Gee. an asymmetric game of forest war featuring forest critters in the forest is a game that has just grown on me. Like the trees and the birds and the things in the forest. <laughs> I have played this game now probably half a dozen times, which is, for me, quite a lot mm. in recent gaming. It only came out in 2018, but once you get over the hump of the first game and figuring out it all plays a little bit differently... I really enjoy the mechanisms. I enjoy the fact that every faction plays slightly differently. So even with the same four or five people, you can play wildly different games, as you just mentioned, Leon, mm. just by switching the factions that you're yeah. in. I love the fact that the map is double-sided and you can really mix it up with a whole bunch of variety. I love the fact that there are several expansions that come along with it and it looks really, really pretty as well. So surprisingly, maybe... It's my number three game. Wow. Marky boy. And, oh, I was going to say, while you're there, you mm -hmm. might as well talk about your number two, which well, I think I might have just briefly mentioned. Well, my number two is indeed all about boats that are not above the water. They are U-boats. Ah. They are German submarines, and it was my number one game from 2019. If you want to hear more about it, go back and listen to a future, uh, a future episode, a previous <laughs> episode. But for theme, for co-opness, for componentry when it's on the table, 
it is remarkable. Yeah. And it is a, a testament to how far our hobby has come. As I say, the gaming experience of playing it, you know, the gameplay might leave a bit to be desired, but the experience of playing this game with the right people is absolutely phenomenal. Absolutely. Yeah. And, Leon, I would love for you to be playing it because you haven't had the opportunity yet. No, because I don't like real-time board games at all. Well, in the slightest. you might have to in this case. I okay. might have to give it a try. Now, look, I'll jump in here with number two. Mm. I'm surprised it hasn't been mentioned. Yep. Terraforming Mars. Number 12 on my list. Yeah, yeah 13 odd, I reckon. There you go. Uh, Jason Frixelius and, as of course was mentioned by Stephen Bonacore, published by Stronghold Games. I've just received the uh, Turmoil expansion and the player boards. I have been playing this game on Steam. Yeah. Um, I introduced it to our friend Bo the other night, which he cursed me about because he then spent the next five hours playing it. <laughs> I just can't play this game enough. I love it two-player. I love it more than two players. Um, and I'm really curious to see what this new expansion adds. Yes, okay. So my number two is a game that I believe was my number one either like a couple of years ago, and that is where words, or, yes. or where words, if you will. <laughs> it is a game that, again, it is quite literally infinitely re replayability because you can put your own words into the app, but you don't even really need the app. It's a very simple game. It is 20 questions with a game wrapped around it and a betrayer, but there's just something about it. Again, this is a game that plays in five minutes, but I have literally played it for five hours straight yeah. and yeah. would continue to do it quite happily. It's a cracker of a game, and mm -hmm. I'm really not surprised it's on your list. Mm -hmm. yeah, um, it's a lot, a lot higher than I thought it would be, I must admit that. I am very curious to see what your number one is yeah. because there is, a, there is a game that is not on your list so far Yep. and another game that is not on your list. There are two games I'm oh, very I've missed about. one. Oh, no. <laughs> Anyway, move on. So, we, I believe we're up to number one. Yeah. We are number one. So. Who wants to go first? Well, we did. We started with the youngest to the oldest, so why don't we go oldest to okay. the youngest? Okay. So, this game, here's the, here's the turnabout. This game was number three on my 2019 list. Mm. I have just fallen in love with it so much. I still haven't played it that much, but it is the game that I want to play more than any game that I own. And that is Nemesis by wow. Awakened Realms, the, wow. the alien board game in a box, as I said. And it's just grown on me and grown on me. I mean, you can tell by the games I've listed, I love the theme, I love the story. And this, to me, it's just everything I want in a game. Yeah, and it, it takes like three hours or two and a half hours minimum nearly. It feels like 20 minutes because it's so damn good. Yeah. Absolutely. Look, uh, yeah, we could talk about this game. So Awaken Realms are uh, a pretty popular little board gaming publisher when you get to the top of the list because a game that featured at your list at about number seven or eight, Mark, uh, quite possibly a little bit high, I can't remember, Six, is my this number one. This War of Mine. Wow. Really? Yeah. Mm. Look, I still think about this game even though it's been a while since we played it it came out in 2017 17, yeah and there is still to date not a game that captures the emotional attachment that this game has yeah. the journal that you read the stories that it creates the fact that everyone is working together but on every day or turn only one person can do a thing i love it i Talking about it makes you want to play it again. Leon. <laughs> yes. All right. My number one. So, quick honourable mentions that nobody's mentioned at yet. Just One, Three Secrets, Ex Libris, The Great War, Deception Murder in Hong Kong, Bang the Dice Game. All special, amazing games yep. haven't been mentioned yet. My number one game, the reason this is my number one game, I tell people my number one film of all time is a film called Cabin in the Woods. The reason is for is that it has this one film that I wish, if I was a director or a writer, that I had my name attached to. This is my number one game because I wish I had designed it. It is my number one game 
at the moment of 2020, <laughs> and that is Paranormal Detective. Ah, there, we go. there we go. I wow. just think it is excellent, and oh God, I wish I had some part of making it. <laughs> what, what was the other one? Just one. Just one, yes. It's good, but yes, no, Paranormal Detective is the bomb. It came in with a bullet. Yeah. Hey, it's Sarah from Melbourne here. I'm really looking forward to hearing the Dice Men's review of the new pandemic augmented reality version, though I'm not sure if the resource management mechanics have really been thought out terribly well. 300 episodes is a huge backlog of material to listen to during self-isolation. Congratulations and stay safe. <laughs> so we've run out of time again, not surprisingly. I just thought I'd play Sarah, partner of Richard, another f great friend of the show, played so many games with her. She had a very thematic little bit of audio there for us, given current circumstances. But there you go. Mm. Guys, we are done for episode 300. We are well and truly over time. So, Leon, good luck getting this audio onto the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I will try it somehow to make my best. It's not going to happen. We've got to go and play games. Yeah, we yeah. And, look, we'll be back next week for the start of the next 300, maybe. So, yes, thanks yeah. to LFG, as always. Thank you to every listener and every designer and every publisher who sent us a little sting. Uh, and we will be back next week. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to another episode of The Dice Men Cometh, proudly brought to you by LFG Australia. Be sure to check out lfg-oz.com.au for all the details of their flagship events, LFG Sydney and LFG SN Unplugged, as well as their online and physical retail store. You can find us at dicemencometh.com or on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. And don't forget, you can support us on Patreon too. Thanks for listening.